Hello, welcome to Green Heritage Futures. My name is Lucy Latham and this is a podcast series showcasing the projects and voices of those working at the intersection of cultural heritage and climate change. This podcast is brought to you by Julie's Bicycle and is part of the European Union's Horizon 2020 Rock Project. In this episode of Green Heritage Futures, I am joined by Henry McGee, formerly at Manchester Museum and now at Curating Tomorrow. Henry, thank you so much for coming to join us today. Thanks, Lucy. It's really, really nice to be here. So, Henry, if we can start, could you tell our listeners what exactly is Curating Tomorrow? Curating Tomorrow is a consultancy and it's also a new way of thinking about museums. It's all about thinking about how can we use museums in terms of how we work with policy, with partnerships, with collections, with events and exhibitions to address sustainability issues and challenges. But it's more than that. It's also about thinking about how we can use the museums-based skill of curating, how we can all use that in our daily lives and how we can use that to really connect what we care about with what we do to build the future that we want. Sounds exceptional. Um, So at what point in your career then did you start to really engage with topics relating to culture and heritage and climate change? And was there a moment it felt particularly pertinent for you to start acting? My entire life I've been completely obsessed with nature. I mean, anyone that knows me will know I'm absolutely mad about birds in particular. Um, I did a zoology degree, worked as an ecologist. And then when I was still a student, I'd kind of discovered that there was this mountain of material in museums that was behind the scenes. And then through my 20s, what I did was use historical collections to work out changes in ecology over time and then kind of as a result of that I was very lucky to get a job in Manchester Museum and realised the huge massive potential that there is of museums. Great so could you tell us a couple of things that you got up to when you're in Manchester Museum? I mean I was there for 19 years as I say I worked as a curator for all that time What I tried to do over the years was to try to build partnerships both locally and to get the museum basically written into lots of local policies around a biodiversity action plan. And because museums have this unbelievable freedom where they're not quite civic society, but they're not the state either. They sit in between. And so what you can do is help bring lots of different people and sectors together. And it's not like the big meets the small. You're just different constituents coming together to try to address a common challenge. And I think also a museum is an extremely interesting place to do that because I have this idea that museums don't operate on normal time. They're a bit like when you're in a lift or an airport or on a boat. Time operates in a different way. And I think that the context that you're in changes the way you think about things. So in the same way that you could... If you were to ask someone a question about what they think about sustainability, if they were in a shopping centre or if they were on a train platform or if they were at an airport, you would get a different answer because the context is different. Um, And I think in society there are fewer and fewer places where you're not necessarily there with the expectation that you're going to part with money. Um, And so settings where people are citizens first and consumers second 
I think those are the moments to hold on to because that is actually what community, that's how, that's what community is. And you think museums and cultural spaces, heritage spaces offer that opportunity for citizens to come together and reflect and engage with topics. Yeah, definitely, because I'm totally not of the view that culture is a fancy building made of marble with big pillars at the front. Culture is what people do, whether it's in a cultural institution or in their daily life. So am I right in saying that when you're at Manchester Museum, you curated an exhibition um, that was all about climate change? I think the exhibition that you're talking about was one that we did when Manchester was European City of Science, um, and it was called Climate Control. And it was, um, I'd say so myself, really, really, um, really interesting and extremely fulfilling exhibition to work on. And we worked with uh, Met Studio, really fantastic designers. And the whole idea of it is that because climate change can seem such a frightening and overwhelming topic, at the end of the day, each of us can only do our own bit. And so the exhibition had two entrances, and you could either you ex- went into one entrance that explored the past, or you went into the other ex- entrance that explored the future. And then once you were in there, you could move around the two. And what I've always tried to do in museums is to try to either give people models or concepts to help critique their own experience beyond the museum. So in the same way that I'm talking about, you know, an exhibition has two entrances that you explore the past or explore the future. It's about trying to put the person at the centre of their own experience, just as we are in our day-to-day lives. When we're presented with the um, partial and... um, uh, agenda-laden information. You're trying to help people connect with, well, what do they as an individual think about that, feel about it, and what do they want to do about it? Great. And you, you did something that involved counters and people That's polling it. opinions. So can you say something about that? Yeah, so in an exhibition, not everything consists of a museum you know, providing the information. The museum provides the framework or the setting from which people can um, get information or intelligence. Um, And so we had a very simple um, interactive that was 10 big jars that look a bit like 10 penny jars, because everyone understands the idea of a penny jar. And they had uh, opposing, uh, they had questions on labels on on the sides. And so they would have opposing answers that might say, I care about climate change or I don't care about climate change. I care about nature or I don't care about nature. And people put counters in. It encourages people to make up their own mind, to express themselves, but also really, really importantly, to find out what other people think. And from that, you build a sense of kind of collective interest or concern. And that, that is what civic action is. That's about people acting on their own concerns. So we've talked a little bit about the opportunities um, of heritage and museum spaces. Um, within your role, what do you see as the main challenges for heritage and museums or sort of culture in general in terms of engaging with environmental issues? I think I'd I'd answer that in two bits. um, This word engagement you hear everywhere in museums and I heard this, I heard an alternative way of thinking about it rather than thinking of engagement as the kind of the activity that happens in a museum. Engagement, we can think about it in terms of how a person connects with a topic in their day-to-day life. And the museum's job or potential is in how it helps a person connect with that. 
And I totally, totally love that idea because rather than, as I say, engagement being this kind of time-bound, almost like a kind of class, that you're often a bit unclear what the impact of that is. If you think about it this other way, the engagement is the impact. And so you can then ask someone, it's like, well, how would you describe how you connect with climate change and how does the museum support that? You can actually answer that question quite well. But in terms of the challenges that there are, the biggest challenge, I think, is the decrease in public funding. There are less people working in museums, to be honest, with less people, there's less capacity, there's less opportunity, and it's very worrying, to be honest. And so it would be just wonderful if we could see that, you know, for society to be sustainable, culture is part of the fabric of society cultural heritage has to be part of that because cultural heritage can be part of the solution but it can also be part of the problem and so we need people who can help negotiate that distance that difference absolutely and what do you think from your perspective how does engaging with the past help us to navigate the future what i would say and this is where i got the name curating tomorrow from is that the idea that the future is not one thing. The future is very different for in different places and in different times. There's a terrific quote, I can't remember who it's from at the moment, but there's the idea that the future is already here. It's just really, really unevenly distributed. And it means that the future that we will experience is probably already be, being experienced by someone else around the world. But when we talk about the future, it can be so hard for people to get to grips with And so I love the idea of curating tomorrow because tomorrow is the first step of the future. Change doesn't have to happen as a you know, step change instantly. And rather than worrying about the future, we think, well, what future do we want? What's the difference between then and now? What's the difference and how do we help get from A to B? Absolutely. So if you were engaging with another museum who was really looking at starting their sustainability journey um, and with all your amazing experience from Manchester Museum where would you tell them to begin if they were looking to improve the um, environmental performance of their museum? Yeah, well I would say that they're not actually starting they've already begun um, because whether we realize it or not we all make an impact on the world you know both positively and negatively but the first step is really recognizing that and if the museum is is already thinking about you know that journey they're they're already on the road so good luck to them and you know all the best what i would say is around the world there are you know there are huge numbers of museum people and others who are already doing this stuff and we want to do more and just we just get on and do it don't worry about it. Don't wait. Don't wait for permission. Just do it. Great. Well, on that note, um, we really want to support other professionals um, working across environmental sustainability and cultural heritage. So do you have any particular advice or recommendations that you would like to convey to others who are working in this space? The very short answer is to act on what matters to you. <laughs> so, Henry, how do you think museums um, can work with higher ambition? Okay, so I suppose the, thing, the first thing I would say is about what, to me, ambition is, because ambition isn't necessarily about doing more or working harder. It's about working smarter. And as I said before, about bringing different constituents together. And so the one which I find the most useful is thinking about the, the agendas that come from the United Nations. 
And so there are the two that spring very much to mind would be the Paris Agreement. And the other one, which is, is a, I think, a huge, huge opportunity for museums is the Sustainable Development Goals, which were also agreed in 2015. They're uh, 17 goals to transform our world by 2030. So it's really good because it gives an actual shape to the future. So it means we've got 11 years left to achieve these goals. They divide into five groups, five Ps. People, planet, prosperity, peace and partnerships. And it's about emphasising the importance that in, when we talk about sustainability, we can't just deal with one aspect. We need to think about the implications of dealing with that elsewhere. Um, UNESCO has got um, lots of uh, resources on how museums and others can work with them. They're really understood uh, globally. And what I should say there is that global is not a different place. You know, people talk about local and global. Global is just a different horizon from where we are. And so if each of us addresses um, these global challenges locally or wherever our context is, that is how change will happen. I think they're brilliant. And one of those goals is around partnerships. That's right. And do you think that there are enough partnerships and collaborations within culture and heritage in regard to engaging with topics of sustainability? Well, goal 17 is partnerships for the goals. And it's there because it's saying that partnership kind of underwrites all of them. And so you had a previous question about how um, heritage professionals can get more support. They just need to talk to one another, find out um, who else has faced the challenge that you're facing now, um, who else might benefit from what you've learned, and just share, just share the journey. That's how stuff will happen. Fantastic. Well, thank you once again to Henry McGee from Curating Tomorrow. It's been an absolute pleasure to learn more from your perspective and your work. Thank you. You've been listening to Green Heritage Futures, a podcast by Julie's Bicycle as part of the European Union's Horizon 2020 Rock Project. Julie's Bicycle is a London-based charity that supports and empowers the creative community to act on climate change and environmental sustainability. Check out our website for more information. Thanks for listening.